0: Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loaded.
1: Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod, brought to you by General Andrews and Flibbity Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. This is episode 24 of season 4, Hidden Gems, Genesis, and the Game Gear. Yo, Flibbity Flam, what's going on, my man?
0: Oh, General Andrews, my dude, are you ready for another week of... Super duper awesome hidden gems.
1: I hope so because literally I couldn't even do the opening line for our thing today. So hopefully the hidden gems part's gonna be much easier once we start getting a roll here.
0: Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so good. There's some good ones on for today.
1: Oh yeah, we're finally jumping into the Sega line of consoles, which there's actually quite a few. Uh, but they were quite interesting in which ones are which so what we're gonna go ahead and tackle are probably the ones we feel that most people would say hey i had that or one of my friends had that and i got a chance to play it for a little bit because there's again there's quite a few different systems different add-ons if we're really talking about the sega console trying to keep up with nintendo because really that's who it was it was between nintendo and sega
0: at this point, yeah. Cause. There was a
1: little bit coming into the scene. If we're talking about when the Game Gear and Genesis were both out and you know, out for a few years. Yeah, Jaguar tried to sneak in there. Uh What else tried to sneak in there at that point in time? Was it the three, was it called the Evo? The Threevo? What was it called? Something uh, so.
0: along those lines, yeah.
1: It's flipping it's my brain, like so close on the tip of my tongue. Uh And those those systems were just way too expensive. And the games and the control. Like, I remember controllers for some of those systems being like hundred and fifty bucks back then. Dude,
0: that's not like
1: it's just like it's just a normal controller. It's not like super duty fancy controller <laughs> right. that's gonna really like withhold, you know, a six year old's temper tantrum. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like yeah nice try rob yeah, they, i'm not gonna
0: pay for non rob controllers for 115 you know, you're not gonna give me
1: rob with this this is bullshit you know and they, they had like you know limited amount of titles because uh they were trying to make them exclusives and they were like i don't know dude not many people are buying this system so i don't know <laughs> if i want to make it exclusive to yours you know right uh, which, you know, by those those specific game developers that decided not to do that It probably worked out, you know, pretty well for them Probably Alright, let's jump into this Let's not waste anybody else's time Because they came here for the hidden gems Of the Genesis and Game Gear So we're starting with the Genesis today Because yes, Genesis came
0: first It did Which came first, the Genesis or the Sega CD? You know Got what him. I mean
1: <laughs> Got them And so for the Genesis today I'm going to talk about Marvel Land
0: Ah, beautiful, beautiful Marvel Land.
1: Now, I did not know about this game originally because I did not own a Genesis growing up, but I got introduced to this game. Thanks to DOS Postman. So shouts to Posty for this.
0: Now, Posty's a theme here with the hidden gems, it seems.
1: Yeah, it seems like Posty finds the most rinky dink, what the fuck games.
0: He really does.
1: From his childhood too. Like not like, oh, way after the fact, you know, decades later. No, like, like literally played him as a child. So he has this fond, nostalgic attachment uh, to these titles. And again, now this is one for him. He definitely got way more into because uh, it, it was just much more fun fluid in the game that we brought up on the first episode which when we talked about milan secret milan castle, secret
0: castle yeah the
1: nes and so go feel free to check out that episode folks where we talk about the nes and the super nintendo uh hidden gems do not miss out on that one if you are just first tuning into these episodes you're going to want to check that one out that one had a lot of passion behind it All right and this one's not, so you know, fuck everyone. Not just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just please, please keep listening. All right. So with Marvel Land here, Marvel Land's a platformer. For Ooh. for those that don't know it, it Delicious was actually originally a arcade game. Really? Yeah, That's and it was, it was a co game.
0: There's not a whole lot of platformers that were arcade games,
1: right? So I was like, when I, when I was reading this, because obviously this isn't something that Posty taught me. This is from reading up on it a little bit. And I was just like, wait a second, here an arcade game initially. And then got ported, and that's where the Sega uh, Mega Drive came in, the Sega Genesis, which uh, the Mega Drive, obviously, for a lot of people, is where most of people's Genesis, when they became Genesis fans in those early 90 days where they were boom, this is, this is my system, you know. But for a lot of people, it was the Genesis that brought it a lot more mainstream when you mm. started having the competitions between. Now, Sonic obviously was already out there, but where you really felt it was Sonic versus Mario, Sonic versus Mario. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about the Genesis, talking about Marvel Land here. Marvel Land... Well, you are, because I'm sure a lot of you are like, okay, I've never even heard of this game. It sounds like some MCU universe-like theme park, you know? Yeah. Marvel Land, the player must take control of Prince Paco. But for those of us who played it in English in the States, it was actually Prince Talmud. Oh. So now this prince is actually like a half-human, half-dragon. Okay. I, I know, I know, but it, he's a prince, so obviously royalty has some kind of reptilian kind of, you know, um, bloodline. Supposedly, all, if we go through the the dark web and the internet, It all makes um, sense. You now. know, they really are yeah. lizard people. Right. I knew it. Isn't that how it is? And then they saved the world, and we're just we're supposed to thank them for their conquest. Yeah, they
0: saved us from the grays. Yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> thank you research
0: right mm-hmm. oh man uh, i yeah, got
1: no make sure to comment on that on, on either the yes. twitter out on the discord scene so you know, let, let, let us know you yeah, know give us make your, sure your know, favorite us cryptid
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> all right all right so now this individual is on a quest now not initially but now is on a quest to save princess luxie in english uh, princess wandra from the evil Mole king now the gameplay is very similar to like, Super Mario Brothers. You are able to jump on enemies to kill them. You are able to use other objects to kill enemies if you go ahead and trigger them. For example, there's um, spring-loaded bowling balls. They look, I'm not sure if they're exactly bowling balls, but they look exactly like bowling balls. Um, and you can use those and that will take out enemies. There's different uh, special gear that you can get that'll allow you to uh, kill enemies. You'll also get these really cool um, spirits or what is the other name for them? I want to say like maybe like images, and you're able to go ahead and spin those around your character and use those to take out enemies on the screen. But as you hit enemies, you keep on losing a spirit, 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 until you eventually have none of them left. Uh, Those kind of things help out a lot when you are (laughs) trying to move throughout this game because it's a one-hit kill. You die on one hit. Oh, no. So those kinds of different things are really important to help you get through it. So now... uh, Other power-ups you can use are different power-ups that include the ability to jump higher and even to fly. When you're able to fly, you will now see these dragon wings on your character. And those dragon wings are are quite important for uh, traversing areas that, honestly, if you were just doing the platforming part and trying to avoid the enemies... Are quite tedious and really difficult but if you do get the power-ups and know how to use them now it's not so difficult you can just fly over them yeah you can fly over them you can you know sometimes you know when you're doing certain platforms there's ones that's like if i could just skip that one like this section wouldn't be that hard well with (laughs) the power-up you can skip that little part and you're like okay this isn't so bad now and uh it may it, it this game is both challenging, but at the same time, it's hecka cutesy because it's taking part inside of a theme park called Marvel Land. Now, each of the game's four worlds take place in these amusement parks, uh, which is, again, is, is this whole Marvel Land. And yeah. most of the areas are set outside with various obstacles that they must overcome. Uh, for example, some of the areas include riding on a roller coaster, one of the easiest levels in the game. Uh, You can go through a fun house uh, and all these different types of locations, you got your kind of fiery underground levels, you you almost always have a castle of some sort that you have to go through when you're eventually going to take on a boss. Now here's where the game got interesting, super, super unique. When you fight the bosses, like you've been battling enemies all the way up until this point to get to these areas, but when you go to fight the bosses, you don't just fight the boss. Right, you're thinking, okay, I got to do some jumps here. Maybe I have to fire off a skill or something like that. No, your first boss. This is how you beat them: rock, paper, scissors. Best two out of three. Wow. Okay.
0: The biggest so the, the biggest one. game of all: rock, paper, the scissors. The b-
1: biggest game of all. The next one, you do a tug of war. Okay. The next one, you have to do this balloon popping sequence. There's no, there's nine different pumps uh, set up three three by three, and you you and the enemy opponent have to try to pop the other one's balloon to splash the uh, other teammates. Teammate or whatever to get them all wet, and I guess that's how you win, right? And it's funny because you're you're going against like a, a fish lady. So it's like, does it really matter if the fish lady got all this water on her? I don't know. Anyway, so you have to pump that thing up, you know. So that, that's where your mashing skills really come into play here. And uh some of the pumps actually will decrease the balloon uh size, but really you just want to find yours and just mash. That, that's the best way to go ahead and beat that boss. Uh finally, when you get to the final boss. Now, at the final boss, you have to play Whack-A-Mole. Now, the reason I'm going to go ahead, before I go on to the final phase of the boss, let's talk about this whole Mole King. I like to call him King Mole. It just just rolls better than Mole King. But if you're trying to stick to the actuality of the game, it's Mole King. Uh, But again, King Mole has this army of moles. And as the game starts out, there's this huge, like, ship pile that comes popping up out of the ground right in the middle of Marvel land and he's done being stuck underground and told that he needs to abide by these these rules, these ethics, these morals <laughs> and it's like no I'm taking over you know and it's, it's, it's probably supposed to be like a mole hill that's, that's my yeah. guess, but really with the graphics and everything back then, it was just looked like a pile of shit just growing out of the ground. You know, it's pretty nasty looking. Now, supposedly, these, which I thought was so weird because the, the this final boss's name is Mole King, but the moles that were his uh, underlings or servants or, you know, the race, they're actually known as Moguls. No, not Moogles, Moguls. And I was like, what was the point of adding one G in there? <laughs> okay, he's not even called King Moggle or Moggle King. He's called King, whatever. So I thought that was a really interesting aspect of it. It's like, what a weird little, you know, tidbit right there. But now when you're beating these bosses, you are saving these fairy princesses who were residing over each uh, world. So now you've gotten most of them back, but you still have yet to have gotten back Princess Wandra. So how do you get parents of back after you've done all of these fun little kind of uh, you know silly side games, carnival games, whatever you want to call them right? then finally the final boss, you get a fight. However, the only way to beat the final boss is you have to use these the like these spinny, almost like the clones that you had before, the the, the images that you'd wrap around you, because you can also still have those for this fight, but you're going to actually be using another set of um, spinning balls and use those to hit the boss. And eventually, once you do enough damage through those things, I think it's like 16 hits you have to get in Goodness there. Gracious. And finally, you beat the boss, you save the princess, and, well, the game's not over. You got to get on one more roller coaster before you can finally win. And check this out. The worst part is, is at the very end of the roller coaster level, it makes it look like you have to jump. And most of the time you're going to be okay. <laughs> but one of the funny things is, is that uh, when Posey was learning to speed run this game and wanted to go ahead and uh, learn about it some more from the former world record holder, because now he's the world record holder, is if you jump at the very end, you also have the possibility of completely in the game. Oh, fantastic! Your character will just keep on dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping, and nothing will happen. You can't even die, and then just start the level over again. And that happened to this guy, like on like a an ESA event yeah. or whatever. So he's doing a marathon event. And it's like, oh, what the heck? Because he's doing a little swaggy jump at the end, thinking, all right, let's go ahead and go for this jump. Oh. <laughs> well I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. So folks, that's uh, that's Marvel Land. And I was just like, "Oh my gosh, so that's really all you Marvel do is you, you just, <laughs> It makes it look like you're just going to die if you let the if you don't jump off this roller coaster cuz it falls apart at the very end. But no, you're fine. You're good. But yeah, it's just such an interesting way that the game ends. it's Like, yeah, this roller coaster of doom cuz all these spikes really are is. falling and everything. It's like, ah. And that's Marvel Land. that, that really is that that is the entirety of Marvel Land. it's a cutesy game it's pretty darn short if you know what you're doing grant if you don't know what you're doing you don't know any of the warps now this game did not have pipes that would say oh you're going to world two three four you're going to worlds five six seven. none of that yeah. kind of stuff it was oh here's a random door where's that going to take me Where does well this go? as you <laughs> as you eventually learn some of those doors actually will take you backwards in levels oh I love that. So you might be going forward and backwards and forward and oh my! And so you could potentially get stuck in this game forever if you did how, not know you were doing time
0: A wonderful forever game.
1: <laughs> Sounds just like most theme parks. They just want yes. to keep you there forever. Yeah, it's you know? very true. And casinos. That's uh, wow. You know what? I'm surprised this game didn't have a casino level. I was out. like, They're yeah, just... maybe
0: Marvel Land is a casino. And oh just, man. Whew.
1: No, that, I mean, maybe that's what they wanted. After all of this yeah. time, they're thinking, if we could just pull off a casino, because people love this so much, we're made. All right, well, that's my title. But y- you've got a title as well to share with everyone.
0: Ah, yes. The Genesis, the console I've played so, so very much, all the time, by so very much, not at all. Because we were, I was a Nintendo kid growing up. We didn't uh, have Genesis. You are a Nintendo kid, who are Where you? Now? I know, who am I anymore? <sighs>
1: you think you know people yeah <laughs> right
0: so the game i'm going to talk about came at the end of the genesis lifetime and it's probably one of the prettier looking ones of them on there it's called comic zone and it's a it's a nice it's a nice little beat up it looks really fun like i want to go and try and find this so i can play it <laughs> yeah
1: you're like actually let me let me try this out
0: and you like you you fight your way through the the panels in the comics right and it goes to another panel that's like cool. that's the scene transition for it I'm like that's pretty freaking awesome I,
1: i'm surprised that wasn't utilized more right it's such a good idea if you're taking something that's supposed to be comic book oriented and it's like okay it's following the because you know like when you're when you're reading the comic books versus like let's say when they made those comic books into cartoons one of the you would always think like okay frame frame yeah. frame frame so for the a game to take on the comic book backdrop and just own it as like that's the restrictions like the only way we can move on to the next scene is we actually got to break through it because i'm not the artist i'm yeah, just the I mean, character in here boom I, that's that's cool that's super cool
0: No, that is cool and it. <clears throat> so here's the here's the plot uh sketch turner a starving artist and freelance rock musician living in new york city it always happens in new york city is working on his newest comic book, Comic Zone. It is the story of the New World Empire's attempt to defend Earth from an invasion of alien renegades. Inspiration coming from Sketch's oddly vivid dreams and nightmares. One night while Sketch is working on Comic Zone during a thunderstorm, a lightning bolt strikes a panel of his comic. In this instant, its main villain, a powerful mutant named Mortus, escapes the comic book's pages, desiring to kill Sketch so he can become the flesh and blood and take over the real world. Because he does not possess any power in reality, Mortus sends Sketch in the world of his own comic, freely drawing in enemies, attempting to kill him.
1: <laughs> He's like, wait, in this world, I have no powers. This is bullshit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to bring you in here then. Oh, it's
1: pretty Come smart wow how like what an interesting way and who who's shocked oh, no pun intended there right <laughs> uh, when it comes to the fact that lightning was the the catalyst to make it all happen you know it's like oh yeah, yeah there we go whenever
0: i hear that like lightning did this or like uh the the common thing with comic books was, like, radioactive stuff, too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, radioactive. And I
0: remember seeing, like, I don't know if it's a far side or what, when somebody goes and rolls around in toxic waste, and then he's at the doctor, and he's like, hey, you have cancer.
1: Yeah, uh, Family Guy is what made me think of that that was that right for, Yeah. <laughs> because uh, everyone had gotten powers, uh, even though, like, let's say Meg had gotten a silly power, like, she could only grow her nails really long. Oh, that's uh, right. But then Adam West was, like... Oh, well, I want to do that, too. So then he goes and rolls around the toxic waste. And then what you just said, was like, we're well, sorry, sir, but you have, yeah, cancer. You have it's like, cancer. It's like, yeah, that's what happens. That, that, that's the reality of it. <laughs> You're not going to get these superpowers. You're powers, not going like to get
0: powers, legs. yeah. And you'll get a really cool scar if you survive the lightning shock. That, right, that, right. That's really exactly. It. Yeah, this was an action platformer. It, it seems like super awesome. Like, I wish I had a Genesis to play this. So I'm going to probably just go find it somewhere.
1: That's so cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, so I ho- hopefully, folks go and check and like even just look out the, the imagery. I know when I was uh, I've heard about this game before, I've never played it myself, uh, but it definitely it looks has a look here. Yeah, if you're a comic book fan, if you also like uh, brawler uh, style beat em up games, then this game's got to be right up your alley, uh, because it, it hits all of those things right on the head just from a visual. Standpoint. Now grant, I don't know about the controls of the game, but I haven't heard any uh negative about it where it's like, oh no, it's because you couldn't even jump in the game with the jump button consistently or something, right? Uh so I'm I'm hopeful that people out there go ahead and give that game a chance to
0: do it. Do it now.
1: Anything else we should know about comic uh zone or comics zone?
0: I don't think so. No,
1: Okay, well, shoot. Let's,
0: let's just roll into the next one, sh- shall sh- we? Short
1: and sweet. So give us, give us another one. We, we, we can't just end, end your talk no, no, right there. No. We got to go
0: with, what was it, the Game Gear? And Game that, Gear, th-
1: baby. And
0: this was, this was what, the
1: handheld version? This is the handheld system. This was to c- compete with the Game Boy. Yeah. And it was better than the original Game Boy as far as the, the graphics. Because it, it, it
0: was basically a Genesis hand. in your hand. It was a right? Genesis
1: this in your hand which is
0: insane
1: at the that, limitations it has was its size its yeah. size was what limited how much could fit on their you know what could they what could process and what would fit on their little cartridges for that as well
0: yeah and then so we'll, we'll talk about a little little known game called RyStar, which Ooh, is yeah i mean i'm sure you've seen speed runs of it i've yes. seen a bunch of speed runs of it too and that's how i even Came onto my radar, was like singing in a marathon. I'm like, this game's awesome. Why have I never heard of this cool little 2D side-scrolling platform game? Because it's it's very reminiscent of Sonic and Super Mario World.
1: Big time. There's even like levels that the the color themes and the level layouts really have like the first level look to Sonic.
0: Yes, yeah. It looks like Green Hill Zone. It's crazy.
1: I wanted to say that. I was like, what's the name of it? Green, yeah, Green Hill Zone. I'm like, that gives me those kind of vibes. It's not exactly, no, you know, but, but it's close. It's a game Gear game, but it's, it's pretty good.
0: It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. And you could use, you could use his arms to like grab enemies and then throw them. And then also to like stretch and move platform. Like it was, man, it's just. That's cool. Pretty, it's just pretty game. It's, pla- it's good platforming action. I can't believe, like, looking at some of the screenshots of this game, I'm like, I can't believe that it's a Genesis game. Like, it was so pretty because Genesis, like, not Genesis, but like Game Gear. Right. It was a Genesis game, but they put it onto the Game Gear.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot, lot, lot of titles they uh, moved a lot of them if they could with some changes, just like Nintendo did. Yeah. I mean, they did with Mega Man, for example. Uh, Mario was a little bit different. Uh, If uh, if anyone hasn't played the very first. Mario Game Boy game that one was such a trip dude that was was like weird
0: that one was like you were on mushrooms yeah like that one was super
1: weird but like the challenge for that one oh man that like I, I I was so I felt so proud to beat that game. Anyways, it was so, getting get, get, yeah. get, get off track here because I could talk about that forever. Anyways, so with star though, what else do we need to know? What else do they need to know out there? Those aren't listening right now.
0: Let's let us let us see here. Of course, the plot: far off galaxy, evil space pirate, Kaiser Greedy, used mind control to make the planet's leaders obey him, and that's it. That's the whole story.
1: That's and, self, <laughs>
0: son of a bitch. I know, right? Damn him. And that's you going through. Uh, how many? Uh, man, what does it say here? How many levels are there? A ton. Oh, that's a lot. Go with a
1: ton. That's 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 a big that's, measurement.
0: I do wish that they would put here in the wikis like this is how many levels there are. But they don't. Oh, of
1: course. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes you will get some really good immersive explanations for things, while others you'll just get a really quick copy and paste of a yeah, oh, the bio. That's here's, it. Here's we're done. the bio. Flip get it there. and ship
0: it. We're out of here.
1: Absolutely absolutely
0: yeah i don't have i don't have much other than this other than go play it like it's beautiful like it's it's such a pretty game like i can't stop saying that about this because i did not because genesis was weaker in its color palettes compared to super nintendo
1: right but it was stronger in its uh musical interface in its
0: musical interface yeah
1: yeah those who were audiophiles definitely uh got a lot out of the genesis because the genesis was it just really could bring it when it came to uh, the additional sounds. Well, now, which is funny, because if, if you feel like you're done with Rise Star, I have no problem jumping into uh, the final title today.
0: Jump into the final title. Jump head first. I'm ready All for right.
1: it. This game. Now, a lot of people probably have heard of this series. The series is called Shining Force. RPG now folks I know we talked about platformers all episode long right now but now we're onto an RPG cuz it's it's me you know like I guess I'm an RPG horse so here we go Shining Forest is sort of haja haja <laughs> which I had to look it up. I even did, went and yeah. checked the pronunciation. I'm like, there's no way. Was, how am I supposed to say it? It's got to be different. No, that's how it is. Even, and I listen to the English version versus the Japanese version. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously, besides the accent, I mean, this is that's the same pronunciation. Okay, fine, fine. That's what I'm going to say. So, Because I actually did my research on pronunciations, you know, this time around. Yeah. <laughs> now, this game is pretty much an identical, uh, as far as the play mechanics, to Shining Force Gaiden, a lot of people are probably—that's uh, the most likely title that people knew—was mm-hmm. Shining Force Gaiden. Now the problem is though, the Shining Force Gaiden game was a. Uh, Japanese or Japan exclusive. So now when I talk about this, for those of you that are out here in the States that listen to this, or those that are out in North America that are, you know, big time of our audience, like, well, I didn't live in Japan. I didn't have exclusive action. But a lot of these type of RPG titles, they were really, really big in Japan. Therefore, for them to start to get a lot of momentum to grow the series, it was a big deal that uh, this game was then therefore not quite uh, copy and pasted, but a lot of the aspects of it were taken and then try to go ahead and push it onto this Game Gear smaller little handheld console. Now, one of the things that was really interesting when reading up on this game uh, <laughs> was the simple fact that uh, the graphics are exactly what you expect from a Shining Force game, uh, especially on the Game Gear. Now, they did uh, they did as admirable job as they possibly could by squeezing the art style uh, scene in the 16-bit version that's the other thing folks the, the genesis was 16-bit and then game gear was trying to go ahead and almost mimic their 16-bit action on the little handheld which is a huge difference when you are trying to compete with nintendo's game boy yeah that, that nintendo's game boy the original one was super basic ass.
0: But, it was very basic
1: but when it's the one of the first it's plain and simple you're like i love this kind of stuff if you got good playable games but okay again they're trying to you know they're trying to really get people to play these kind of games get draw them over cuz they've got these graphics and musical upgrades now because that of course things take a visual hit because there, there's not as much space on the Game Gear or the small little uh, Game Gear cartridges, right? Those Game Gear cartridges, those smaller sizes, obviously made a difference compared to your larger size for your Genesis games. Same difference as NES or Super Nintendo. And you're putting on a Game Boy game. Those Game Boy little cartridges are tiny. Which back then, obviously, size mattered for how much space was available. Yeah. As things have progressed, obviously, we can fit so much more onto a smaller thing. Like, even like the, the GameCube was a great example of, like, what are these tiny little discs, but they still packed a punch?
0: They did, yeah. You know? I mean, that's what Nintendo was best at, right? Was yep. working in the confines of very small amounts of data.
1: Absolutely. Now, these Battlefields appear slightly simplistic, you know, uh, no surprise there, again. uh, But it still did its best to push everything to the limits when it came to what was available. Audio is very much the same tale. The music is catchy, but pretty basic because, again, they were, for a lot of those of you that don't know for these uh, older school titles, music or the audio of the music took up the most space on your game cartridges. Yeah. That took up the most space. So if you had games that did not decide to use any music at all, which that's, probably not happening yeah. but if you did you would actually have more space for more ga- more game play but who was going to do that because obviously the music and the sound effects really start to kind of create this world this atmosphere that you're, you're jumping into so you know the, the sound effects were your typical selection of game gear sounds which are beeps and farting sounds uh which i obviously when i was reading up on this i thought that was so funny to read because uh I do remember that thinking like some of the explosion sounds on that game gear really just sound like farts. Yeah. You know, and I was it was just like I, I can't even mimic the sound because like it's supposed to it's supposed to be an explosion, but instead it was just like Ah, yeah. like, oh, good explosion. Was that you're a right. rapid fire or was that a rapid shitter? I mean <laughs> you tell me. Now the presentation really wasn't the issue with this because again, we know you're you're on a handheld system. You kind of expected that back then. Yeah. You, you just knew to assume that. You're like, but can I play this game? Can I do it? And they did a really good job. that Now, they only could fit 24 levels into this game because, again, the size of it. Uh, but it was a big deal because Nintendo's rival franchise at this point in time was Fire Emblem. For yeah. Shining Force. That was the actual, uh, that's what the two were, so they weren't button heads with Final Fantasy or things like this. No, Shining Force was butting heads with Fire Emblem based on how these RPG fights set up. And for those of you that don't know, it's a lot more tactical before it jumps into a, a your typical RPG battle system. But the lay of the land, you had to set up your characters in the right positions on there. You know, you're probably putting your magic dealers in the back because they're a lot softer. You're putting your tanks or your, your warrior type of units up more in the front because they're probably going to get engaged with more. They have more health, more defense. Also, they could strike back. Uh, those kinds of things come into play if you're playing your Fire Emblem games and especially if you're playing your Shining Force titles. Now, to wrap this up, let's go ahead and just give you the plot of Shining Force. So that way, you know what the heck's going on. And remember, Shining Force Gaiden and Shining Force, the Sword of Hadjah, are, are, yeah. almost, are almost similar. Are almost similar, so I'm gonna go ahead and read this for those of you out there. Yeah. Two months after Shining Force Gaiden, this story revolves around Diana and his companions, young soldiers in the Army of Cyprus. Nick, the Prince of Cyprus, has left the castle in order to defeat Iom. An aggressor nation. He leaves, however, without the powerful sword of Teja due to his inability to wield it. As his arm has been turned to stone, Diana and his friends are left behind to defend the castle and the sword, with Prince Nick's friend Mayfair placed in charge of all of them. When forces from Iom attack and steal the sword, Mayfair directs the young soldiers to pursue them in order to regain possession of the sword. The story is continued in new scenarios with Shining Force cd and that's the, it's just really that simple of a explanation for the plot because it's building off of what was already established from shining forest gaiden yeah and truncating it so you, you you need this sword to pretty much win you know yet you can't do that initially because one of your arms has been turned to stone so you have one hand that works but the other one's pretty useless uh in regards to wielding this all-powerful sword uh, eventually though that's what you're going to get to yourself to you i can't remember if you you heal your arm you you, you solve whatever you know horcrux clues scenario to get your arm back to normal then you you wield the sword and you are able to go ahead and hold back the aggressor nation that is that's in shining force.
0: that's pretty neat
1: and that's the, that's the tiles you gotta check out folks do it they're hidden gems do it reason. now
0: yes <laughs> go play them
1: and with that being said folks as you go and play those tiles, thank you again for tuning on into another hidden gems episode of two players and a podcast dreamers thank you for listening
0: family love you as
1: always and
0: bye ah!